0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Mixed Student Empire podcast episode 4! My name is Addison Lee, I'm the founder of MixedLife.net, also known as Mixed Life Media. We're a platform for multiracial creators and content dedicated to exploring and redefining what it means to be mixed through art, writing, interviews, and so much more. For a quick introduction, with this podcast, each episode is hosted and created with full creative liberties by a mixed student union at a high school or university. These episodes were created during the COVID pandemic, so while audio quality might not be the best at times, we emphasize emphasize the amazing and oftentimes surprising experience of creating an audio work about being mixed. Today, we've handed it over to All Mixed Up California to create an episode about what being mixed means to them. We hope you enjoy and learn some new mixed perspectives.
1: Hello, we are All Mixed Up. We are a multiracial and multicultural student organization that is based in Pleasanton, California in the Bay Area. Um, we hold bi-weekly Zoom meetings in which we discuss everything from media representation to childhood identity issues. And we periodically hold member features on our Instagram, at allmixedupca, in which we share the stories and experiences of our members. Our organization got started as a regular high school club at Foothill High School. We realized that there were multiple student uni- unions on campus, but none of us mixed kids felt like we ever quite fit into any of them. So we created our own. Eventually, we broke away from the school to be more inclusive of other students from other schools. But yeah, that's essentially our origin story. So we're going to go ahead and introduce everyone who will be on the podcast today. Um, I'm Nikki Trueblood. Um, I'm a senior in high school and I'm half Chinese and half white.
2: Hi, I'm Kina Akin Yamaguchi. I'm a senior in high school as well and I'm half white, half Japanese.
3: Hi, I'm Oliver Trevor. I'm a senior in high school as well and I'm um half jewish
4: half chinese hi i'm victoria kabamongan and i'm a junior in high school um i'm half filipina ukrainian and polish my name is michaela
0: um i'm a sophomore in high school and i'm half chinese and half white
5: hi my name is rachel singh i'm a senior in high school and i'm half indian and half white.
6: hi i'm eric agar i am a senior in high school and i am half Vietnamese and half um, European, which is like German, British, Swiss, Italian.
2: So now that you know all of us, before we start a discussion, we're gonna be doing an activity. So we'll be doing a put a finger down challenge, which simply you put up 10 fingers. And when I say something that resonates with you, you put a finger down and all these questions will be related to being mixed. And this is how we can see what we have in common. So um, to the listeners, you can play along with us and we will reveal how many fingers we have left at the end. So I'm gonna start now. Um, Put a finger down if you speak more than one language fluently. Put a finger down if you haven't felt like you are enough of a race to fit into a certain group or club. Put a finger down if people have mistaken you for just one of your races. Put a finger down if people have mistaken you for another race completely. Put a finger down if people have thought you were siblings with people you are unrelated to. Put a finger down if you identify more with one race than the other. Put a finger down if you look nothing like your cousins. Put a finger down if people have called you exotic or beautiful just because you are mixed.
3: Man, I wish.
2: (laughs) Put a finger down if people have been confused by your last name thinking it doesn't match you. Put a finger down if you have felt or been accused of being whitewashed. And lastly, put a finger down if you're proud to be mixed. So now we're going to go around saying how many fingers we have left. So I have one finger left.
1: I also have one finger left.
3: I've got two. I've got
4: two too.
2: I've got two as well. I have two.
6: Seven up still.
2: Yeah, so there is a big range of how many fingers we have down, but we all have at least one thing in common um, from being mixed. So that was just a fun little activity to kick us off.
1: So now we're going to move on to the discussion part of the podcast. Um, And first off, we'll be starting with a few questions related to identity. So Victoria will ask the first question.
4: Okay, so have you experienced racial imposter syndrome? Um, Personally, I have. Well, like when I was younger, I used to not refer to myself as a mixed person just because I felt like many people might not believe me or something because I guess I'm not typically a person you can really tell that's half Asian or half white too so I stopped referring to myself as a mixed person um, just in the fear that people might not think I'm mixed or something like that but now I learned from that and grew and just embraced that I'm a mixed person so yeah
0: um, especially when I was in middle school, I experienced imposter syndrome a lot just because my middle school was very like white based and there was like a lot of white people. So I kind of like to fit in, like, um, I just remember like wearing what you would call like super like whitewashed clothes. And like, I tried to like only have like white friends and cause I just like, didn't know how to, um, it's not that I was, like, ashamed of my, like, Asian heritage. It's just I it felt different, and it felt like it wasn't really a part of me, and it wasn't really until, like, high school where I um grew, like, more in touch of both, of like, sides of me.
1: Yeah, I had pretty similar experiences too. I think it's interesting because, like, I've felt, like, both sides where I've, like, felt not white enough, but, like, also felt not Asian enough. Like, I play lacrosse, so, like, Um, it's an extremely white dominated sport. And so I've often felt like I'm not white enough or like I'm less athletic because I'm half Asian or like, you know, there's a stereotype that Asian people are like less athletic, um, which I don't think is true, but yeah, I think having being surrounded by one race is obviously going to make me feel imposter syndrome, but, um, like, more recently, I've also felt it. It's just kind of an ongoing thing, like, with the attacks against um, Asian Americans. Um, I've sometimes felt like I'm not Asian enough to be, like, qualified to tell my stories about racism or, like, this kind of thing. So there's that struggle, too. And so I think I will probably be dealing with imposter syndrome for my whole life. But, yeah. Um, yeah, being in this club and like surrounding myself with people who accept both sides of me has definitely helped me feel like I belong more.
2: So along the lines of feeling like you belong, um, besides these meetings, where have you felt like you most belonged? So for me, I grew up having a Japanese community. Um, I was privileged enough to grow up in the Bay Area where um, there's a large population of Japanese people. So I was able to attend Japanese school, like basically my whole life. And so I had this community of kids um, who have Japanese parents, but are also mixed um, or are American and have grown up here their whole life. And so we all just kind of relate um on being with being Japanese and also having to grow up balancing being Japanese and also being another race and so I'm really grateful that I have this community where I can find people just like me um where we can share our experiences and be ourselves and share our Japanese culture
1: yeah that's super cool Kina um I think for me um it's interesting because like in this club we're all like very similar because we're all like mixed but like the other group that I would say I'm feel like most like I belong is when I'm with a group of people where we're all extremely different like I have a certain friend group where we're all like different races or have different cultures and in a sense like we all belong because like we all don't belong and um so yeah I would say like diversity and having that kind of connection with like people who are all different from each other is like also super important
4: yeah same for me Nikki I feel the same way um I'm really lucky to like find a group of friends who are also diverse and more specifically actually my friend groups um are similar to me like they're um half Asian and half white so I definitely can relate to them a lot with ex- similar experiences and stuff like that so, yeah. Um, the next question that we're going to get into
5: is, in your experience, do people tend to assume you are the same race as them or a different race for them? Um, my experience with this kind of varies when it comes to my family. Um, I know my Indian side definitely see me more as Indian uh, and kind of treat me in that sense. I think with my white side, because... Um, they do also more see me as like white, but I think because my brothers and I all look pretty different and like um, I'm on the more Indian passing side of the three of us, uh, that that does contribute to them seeing me not like completely as white. But I think when it comes to just like friends or like acquaintances that I come around, um, I think for white, if they assume I'm white off the bat, then they think they kind of like assume I'm They, like, associate me as just a white person rather than a mixed person. Um, But I think even with, like, the Indian side, it's less common for people to assume I'm that race. Or even if I, like, even if they do think so, they know that I'm not maybe, like, full of that race. So it's, like, I feel less a little bit included on that side. Um, So that's my experience with that.
3: I mean, what I've noticed is um, people generally seem to assume I'm the same race as them. But the other uh, thing peripheral to this that I've noticed that a lot of mixed people, including myself, tend to do is uh, you want to be certain that people see you as what uh, you want them to see you as. So you tend to give some kind of hint, like you make a joke or something, or in some way indicate uh, to people that, you know, I'm Asian like you or I'm white like you. And I've noticed myself doing this, and it's probably not good because you have to pick one in order to fit in with most groups, but it's a tendency that, I, that I've picked up over time to try to indicate.
0: Um, my experience is a lot like Rachel's. My family, um, like my white side sees me, I think, as um, more white, but my Asian side more, like, just because I look different and I they see me more as, like, white passing, they tend to, like, not really think that I'm Asian or, like, kind of be like, oh, like, my mom's name is Amy. I'd be like, oh, my God, Amy's daughter. Have you seen her? Like, she's, like, half-half. Like, she's different because I'm an only child. So um, this experience kind of I had to I didn't really have anyone to, like, share my experiences with or, like, compare them to. So I kind of just had to, like, go through it alone and, like, figure out everything for myself. So, like, my family, it's it's kind of, like, split both ways. It's definitely, um, like, especially, like, in China, when I do go visit them, like, they'll be, like, or, like, even just, like, the people on the street, they'll be, like, oh, my God, she looks different. Like, she's mixed or something. Um, But more in, like, America, it's a lot more normal to see, like, mixed people and, like, white people, obviously, but, like, or, like, Asian people. So um, my white side kind of just like sees me as one of them.
6: So um, for part two of this discussion, we're gonna cover childhood, right? And the question is, what advice um, would you give a younger mixed race or multicultural kid based on your experience? Also, how would you perceive, how you perceive race and culture now versus back then? So for me personally, I would give um, a multicultural and, multi-ra- and mixed race kid, um, basically the advice I would give them is just be yourself, you know? When I was a little kid, I um, wanted to be more like my, my European side, you know, my white side. But then I think around middle school, I decided I wanted to be more um, Vietnamese in the way that I acted and, you know, um, carried myself, I guess you would call it, and act it. And so basically in high school, I said, you know Screw it. I'm just going to be me, you know? Um, I'm going to um, – what I see is that don't ha- have your race or your, like, um, like, cultural or heritage defy you. Make it a part of you, but don't let it be your entire life. You can do that, of course, if you want. But me personally, I'm a lot happier now um, incorporating it and just being myself, you know, being me than just saying – and you know, just like associating myself with whatever race, whether um, um of my races, I want to. So yeah, and then I guess that's how um that ties into how I perceive race and culture now is that rather than it making up my entire personality, my life, and everything, it's just a part of me. Granted, it's a very important part of me, but it's just a part of me.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, I think for me. When I was younger, I focused a lot more on like not being enough or like what I don't have that makes me not enough. And I think trying to switch that mindset to like what you do have and what you are is really important. So like back then I might be like, "Oh, I'm not Chinese enough because I don't speak Mandarin." But I think instead focusing on the Chinese family traditions I do have and the cultural ties I do have is like way more positive and beneficial. Than like, dragging yourself down for, like, not being quite enough. Um, So I think that's super important. And also, I think surrounding yourself with people who, like, want to get to know the different sides of you is also important. Like, um, I think I've had some friends in the past where they kind of are not interested in hearing about my Chinese culture. And so finding friends in high school who, like, wanted to hear about both sides of me or are okay with me being, like, 10 different people at once I guess. Um that was really helpful for me to like kind of accept all of my different sides. Um so yeah, I think those are my two main pieces of advice.
0: Um for me, like I said before, um growing up I struggled a lot with like just claiming my identity and um I tend to lean a lot more to like having white friends and like trying to whitewash myself so I think my biggest piece of advice would probably to like Nikki said surround yourself with people that will encourage you and like will help you kind of like discover your own identity and also surrounding yourself in a, like a happy and like good community like for example like this club was really good for me because um unfortunately I didn't start like actually liking my own asian side of me or like looking more into it until high school so i think i lost a, a lot of time many years where i could have really cherished like um and like looked into the traditions that i had instead of like kind of bearing it behind me um so i think to anyone who's like struggling with that they should honestly like not care what anyone says and just like be yourself and um just like start young and like look into your traditions because it will you will like be super thankful in the future.
3: I think the um, advice I'd give and all, everything that's been said so far is really solid advice. But the thing I want to add is that um, if you want to survive, just find a friend group that's from one of your identities and just pick that one. If you want to thrive, find a friend group that's uh, actually mixed in some way, either made up of mixed people or has members of different cultures Middle school is not the place to find your identity. Middle school is the walking dead. It's a wasteland. You find a friend group uh, that will protect you and you just stick with it uh, no matter how shit it is. High school and college is supposed to be when you actually find your identity and that's when you should actually try to find a friend group uh, that will help you embrace being mixed. It's a process.
2: Yeah, um, I completely agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, and like Nikki, especially, she really said exactly what I was thinking. But the advice that I would give is: um, don't try to like pick one race. I think Eric already pointed this out, but don't try to pick one race, like, accept that you are mixed and that you are more than one. And, um, I mean, I wish I could say this to my younger self too, because, um, I always try to be one of my races, and I didn't really think about it much when I was in elementary school, but when I went to Japanese school, I definitely definitely felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb, um, because I'm very white passing, and I feel like I was definitely treated a little bit differently than the kids that looked Asian, um, and felt like maybe a, a little less Japanese, because I didn't like it, even though that shouldn't dictate how much i am of a culture um and so i just wish i looked more asian so i'd be more accepted but now i see how stupid that is and i should just accept how i look and that i'm a balance of two cultures and that i can't just pick one Um, and i also like what oliver and some other people have said about finding um a group that is genuinely interested in your cultures um, because that kind of actively makes you think about your cultures and it kind of makes you wanna cherish it a little bit more. Um, So yeah, I just say cherish your cultures.
3: All right, and our next question concerns language, whether you've ever experienced a language barrier, what was that like? And for bilingual people, what language do you dream and think in? So I'll go first. Um, I can understand Cantonese pretty well, but I cannot speak it. I used to be able to speak a little bit, and over time that's gone away. But I can understand it, which is great because people assume that if you cannot speak a language, you can't understand it. So they'll just, like, talk about you around you. Um, And because I only see my cousins every few years, they generally don't remember. uh, You know, I can understand you. It's kind of funny. But um, yeah, I've definitely experienced a language barrier there. I do not know enough Cantonese to dream in it. Uh, I don't know any uh, any other language well enough to dream in it. Um, I kind of wish I did, but it's a very difficult language to learn.
5: Yeah, for me, when I was younger, I was never, my, my dad and my grandparents never really taught me Punjabi, but um, as I've gotten older, um, or even just when I was younger too, there was it was spoken around me a lot, uh, so I do understand certain phrases, and I can if I've listening to a conversation the whole time, I can get the gist of it. But I don't understand a lot, um, and that for me has been something that's really difficult, and I've been kind of ashamed of it as I've gotten older and like more I trying to embrace. Um, the Indian side of me as well, especially when I was able to go to India and visit my family for the first time. Obviously for them, for my grandma, it's so much more comfortable for them to just speak in Punjabi or even Hindi. Um, And so it really made me uncomfortable and like almost disappointed in myself that when they were having all these back and forth conversations going on that I couldn't really understand it. Um, I think it made me feel like I was like less Indian because I couldn't. Uh, which also is making me more encouraged to try to. But I even think um, my grandma and my dad, no faults on their own, are not great at like teaching someone who's older a language. Because obviously, when you're younger, it's just kind of like implementing it into your daily life. Now that I'm older and um, language is a bit more set in stone, uh, they'll just say stuff to me really rapidly and assume for me to understand it. So yeah, no part on them. But I think language is definitely something that has made me feel very conflicted as a mixed person, but that even though I don't fully understand Punjabi or I don't fully understand Hindi, um, that doesn't make me less mixed. And also it just makes me something passionate to learn about um, and be able to better communicate with my family.
2: Wow, Rachel, yeah, I like that optimistic view you have. Um, um, And just like what you were saying that kind of made me more grateful that My parents raised me as bilingual um, and I didn't really have to put in as much work as I would have had to if I were to learn it now. Um, But I definitely tried to, I don't know, take the easy way out when I was younger. And my mom forced me to go to Japanese school when I was little and I absolutely hated it and that's because i didn't really think about what it could do for me in the future and how it could help me communicate with my family members and it just opens a lot of doors um and it really only brings me good things but when i was little i didn't understand that so uh, i told her that i would never live in japan and i didn't really care to learn the language but then i realized how important it was so then i actually started putting in the work and I think part where that happened because I see like a future living in Japan. Um, and I think that was like pretty instrumental, I guess. So um, the language barrier that I faced when I was little in Japan, when I had to have my mom reading it, all the menus and had, I could probably order for myself, but I could literally not, I couldn't read anything. And that just, gave me so much shame that I couldn't communicate with people like I couldn't communicate my thoughts with my family members. Um and so yeah I think that language barrier really um made me want to learn language even more. Um and to be honest for the dream question um I don't think I dream in any language. I don't know if it's just me but I don't think there's any like talking or anything in my dreams. I don't know what the rest how the rest of you have your dreams but yeah.
4: Okay, so for me, when I went to the Philippines to meet my family for the first time, um, they would start the conversation off in Tagalog and I would just be sitting there until they finish and I would just be sitting there in in oblivion. I don't know what they're saying and I'm so confused. And then um, when they stop their sentence, when they finish their sentence, they look at me like in confusion, like, why aren't you responding? And then I would just be like, oh, I can't. I can't understand you. I don't know what you're saying, and it would just be really awkward. And it made me really disappointed in myself. Like I think that's what Rachel said too. Like I really felt disconnected from my Filipino side. Um, but I really hope that I can learn some Tagalog. I did start learning a little bit, but at that time, it really made me like want to learn more about the language. And for the dream question, um, I do dream in English, but sometimes I do think in Ukrainian, which is really weird, but sometimes I count in Ukrainian and things like that, but mostly it's English, so yeah.
1: Okay, awesome, so that was all of our questions. Does anyone want to
5: respond to anything that was said or add anything else to the conversation? Um, one thing that I know we like in this club we've talked about a little bit where it was like the question like is race more defined by how you're perceived or your actual genetic your actual genetics. Um, and I feel like this one is a very tricky one, especially for me because I feel like mine just is really a give and take depending on the person. I've definitely gotten people think I'm just white, but I've also definitely gotten people think I'm a lot of other things that aren't white. Um and I think for anybody like who struggles with this who feels like they don't look enough of what they are, I do want to respect the fact that because I have lighter skin, I don't experience the same things as somebody who um is, you know, has who's full Indian and probably has like more darker skin than I do. And I want to respect the fact that I would be treated differently and probably more positively because of that but I do feel like I struggled with feeling like I'm not like a true balance of my like white and Indian side because there are people out there who think I'm just white when they first see me but I think for like anybody who goes through that it's like you are enough of what your race is and if you identify with those both of them equally like it for you personally like a a personal experience with your race then I think you need to like respect the fact that you can be, you can have a balance even if you look more, more like one or not like either, so.
2: Yeah, that kind of reminded me of a thought that I had um, when uh, Nikki mentioned the um, violence against Asian Americans. Like, I definitely do have white privilege and I don't face the same um, racism that Asian appearing people um, receive. And my first thought before going to a protest or just like being out in general is, should I be scared? Because I know that I'm Asian, but a lot of that violence is happening against people who look Asian because it's stemmed from racism. So um, then I had to like track, like go back and think like, do people perceive me as Asian or not? Um, Which is a really sad reality that we have to focus on what on how we look instead of our cultural identities but i think that's something that i wasn't aware of before but now i am more aware of now
1: yeah and although like sometimes it can really suck to like not really know what you look like i think in some ways it can be kind of nice to be like racially ambiguous because for me it's been like easier to fit into certain groups um like uh, a couple summers ago I volunteered at this Native American Head Start Center and it was actually really nice because I um I was actually like mistaken as Native American which like I obviously denied but (laughs) it was kind of nice because like I didn't wasn't like an obvious outsider and so I think it was maybe more easy for me to like be accepted into the community and like talk with everyone um so I think yes it definitely is really frustrating sometimes to, like, not really know what you look like. Um, I've definitely gone like, so many random mixes, but um, it can also be, like, kind of like a superpower, I guess, that, like, we can kind of fit into lots of different groups.
3: Yes, being mixed is you fit into any group, but no group fits into you.
6: Back to the whole topic of the race thing real quick, um, I think um race is more defined by actual genetics. Me personally, you, I think that you shouldn't really care how others perceive you. You should be more important about how you perceive yourself. This kind of goes back into the whole theme I have of um, have race be a part of you, not the entirety of you. Because when you um, take out all the race and culture, what's left, the human being, your personality, your skill set, your, I guess, soul or spirit is what's left. And for me, that's the most important thing. But yeah, um, I basically think that race is more um, about genetics. How others perceive you, that's just kind of stereotyping.
0: Yeah, um, to add on to that, I think race is definitely about genetics. And I think that's the way it should be. However, I don't think that's at all the way society perceives it. Because like, especially, um, like Hina said, with the um, Asian hate crimes right now, like, my mom and, like, my family, if they were to go out, like, they would potentially be in danger. And, like, um, whereas, like, if I were to, like, go with them, I wouldn't necessarily feel the same fears just simply because I don't look the same, um, even though I am, like, Asian. It's, it's So I think it's definitely, like, the what it should be is not, like, what it is. And I think it should be, you know, by genetics, but society definitely does not, like,
6: perceive it as that at all. Yeah, I 100% agree with that.
1: Um, Are there any other topics we want to cover?
6: Well, this is just,
2: like, a funny story, I guess. But for one of the questions for the Put a Finger Down Challenge, it said, like, have Oh, have people thought you were siblings with people you were unrelated to? And this is so funny because I have a little sister, but she's way younger than me. So we've never gone to the same school, but, um, I'm half Japanese, half white, and I also have red hair and freckles. So I guess you could call me a ginger, but, um, ever since like, maybe even elementary school. I've been mistaken as this girl's sister. Like everyone would come up to me asking me if I was this girl's sister. And I'm like, no, but it's happened to me at at, like every single school I've been to like elementary, middle and high school. So I just think it's so funny because I guess like we kind of look similar, but yeah, I like didn't even know who she was, but people just thought we were siblings. So I just thought that was funny.
0: Yeah, that like same similar thing or like kind of exact same thing happened to me throughout middle school. There was this girl on my cheer team and like we were like pretty close friends and people would be like, oh, my God, are you siblings? Like you guys look exactly like we did not look anything alike. She was just half Asian and half white. So we just shared like the same like, you know, like race mix. And same she had a brother who was like a year younger and they all thought like we were like, all siblings like in separate grades or no he was a year younger than me so two years younger than her and then we were just like all like a triple group of siblings and i am like, nope so like so many people came up to me asking that i like no we're just no
1: okay yeah the same thing happened to me like if anyone is just mixed at all people think we're siblings like half Peruvian and half white and they're like oh are you sisters or like half like Filipino and half white and they're like oh my god are you related and I'm like what do like I feel like all mixed people don't look alike I don't know it's super weird
4: yeah actually now that I think about it I didn't put my finger down but now I think about it I definitely experienced this like my best friend is half Asian half white and like every time we go in public like someone would be like oh are you guys siblings We're like no no we're we're just best friends (laughs) so yeah definitely I feel like A lot of Asians experience that. Yeah,
5: I don't have. I haven't had it happen too many times, but Singh is also like a very popular um, Indian last name. So uh, sometimes my friends with a similar, with the same last name, we like to trick people to say that we're siblings. Um, So. There's also another uh, like set of siblings who are half white, half Indian and half the last name of Singh. So I like to say that we're like a five sibling thing um, because people will actually believe it. Um, And then I remember one time in eighth grade, I convinced my teacher who my neighbor who has last name Singh um, had like the year, like two years prior that we were siblings, which was kind of I think he didn't believe it because we are very different skin tones, but I think he didn't want to comment on the fact that we were very different skin tones, so he just kind of like went along with it, but I think that is definitely something that's kind of fun where it's like with mixed people or even um, other people who aren't mixed, it's just like my last name is so popular that I can just kind of pass along that people are my siblings.
2: That's so funny. Also, a question to like everyone here who has siblings: like, do you guys even look like your siblings? Because I feel like mixed siblings never look alike. Like, I'm so pale, red hair. My sister is so dark, like very dark features, and we look nothing alike.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I don't look. My brothers and I are all very wide mix. So like my middle brother has really dark black hair. Um, he's lighter than my other brother and I, and he has blue eyes. Um, so I think for him, it's definitely a bit harder with the blue eyes and like lighter skin. Um, and then with my oldest brother, I would say he's like more so the darkest out of us. But then when he like grows his beard out really long and grows his hair out really long, people think he's like Middle Eastern too. Um, but no, I definitely... People want to say that we would look alike, but we—they are always. I'm always like, "Oh, that's my brother." To like a teacher, because I both my brothers are older than I am, so we've had a lot of the same teachers. Um, and I always tell the teachers like, "Oh, you had my brother." And I think they are trying to find something. Like one teacher is like, "Oh, you guys have similar smiles," which is definitely not true. Um, but yeah, I always think teachers are like don't connect the dots when I'm like, "Oh, that's my brother," because like they don't look alike whatsoever.
4: Actually, for me, it's kind of weird because I know a lot of people who are mixed that have siblings that look nothing like each other. But for me, a lot of people say that they think my my sister and I are twins. So it's really weird.
6: My younger sister just basically looks like a slightly lighter version of me. Of course, a female version of me, but also like slightly lighter. And then that's about it. But then like my cousins is an entirely different story. The two of them look nothing alike.
1: Yeah. Um. I think my brother and I used to look more like, we definitely look more like each other than our, either of our parents. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I think it's interesting. Cause I think he maybe looks a little more white than me. And he's told me that like his friends have like joked with him about like how, like, like his white friends have joked that they're more Asian than him. Um, and like, I remember in, back when I was in middle school, like people used to kind of like say joke about being half white as like a means to say that someone's not smart. Like they'd be like, oh you gotta see on your math test. Like you're basically half white. And that was really interesting that they like weaponized that as like a bad thing. But anyways, uh that was off topic. But yeah, um my brother and I look pretty alike, I think though.
0: Oh my god, to add on to your off-topic thing, literally when I was in middle school, people all the time, whenever I would get like a B or like a, or like have like an A minus on my um, report card, people would be like, oh, so you're like smart because you're Asian, but you're not that smart because you're white. Like, why? Like why? So that happened like all the time. Okay,
1: any last topics we want to cover?
2: I just oh. want to say how like grateful I am for this um, club that we have and the opportunity that we got to discuss all these topics because I feel like without this club I wouldn't have a place to collect my thoughts and to express how I'm feeling, I guess. And now I feel like i've i'm more in touch with my racial identity and my cultures. Um, and like I'm more self-aware now and I also get to learn about your experiences too. So yeah, I'm really grateful for you guys
5: me too i totally feel that (laughs) me too yeah i agree i feel like this club has made me feel very like all my feelings are valid because i can like relate to you guys on a lot of them and like even stuff that i feel like insecure about i look at you guys and like well i don't feel that way about you guys so it kind of helps like with my identity and stuff like that too so thank
4: you everybody
6: (laughs) same here thank you guys
5: yeah thank you thank you
1: (laughs) <laughs> okay, um, on that note, um, lots of love going around. I guess we'll end this podcast here. Thank you so much for listening.